Hello and welcome to Off Curve. I am Wicked Good and I am talking to you, well normally I'm talking to you as I'm driving home from the train station. I'm actually off from work today. Uh, I have a few appointments and stuff like that, so I figure I'm driving around anyway. May as well talk to you wonderful people. So it is uh, Tuesday, February 13th, 2018. I had quite a ride this week. The new beta was it was not super kind to me. And and I want to talk about that and I want to talk about some of the decks that I played because I tried a lot of things. <laughs> um, <clears throat> long story short, I'm at uh, 10 in wild and five in standard right now. And it, it was a bit of an adventure, especially the five in standard. One of the toughest climbs to rank five that I can remember in quite a while. Um, but I, I think that, and I'm going to talk about, all I'm going to talk about this week are the decks that I play, because it's a new meta, and, you know, that's that's probably all you want to hear about. So, I, I will talk about those in detail, but I think that, you know, part of this show is half, you know, strategy, and sometimes half my own, like, personal therapy session. <laughs> um, I realized, I spent a lot of the weekend tilting, and, and playing a lot of games, and kind of banging my head against the wall, and... I kind of came against a realization over the weekend. I'd, I'd been playing a bunch of things and not really having a whole lot of luck. I wasn't like rank eight before the nerfs drop. <clears throat> and, and I think I said last time I recorded, I wasn't doing super well. And I was trying a whole bunch of things that I wanted to play. And I wasn't really paying attention to what I should be playing. And, and one of the things that I, that I kind of came out of this, like every every season is kind of different and it teaches you something. And the lesson I'm taking from this season is you need to play the game that you have and not the game that you want. And this is something that kind of occurred to me because I spent a bunch of time and I was in, I was in Ryzen stream and I was on my own stream showing people my stuffed Murlocs to show them that I really was not prejudiced against Murlocs because I just, I have been saying for a few days, like, I really don't want to play Murloc Paladin. I, it's not good for me. I tilt off the face of the planet when I lose, and I, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to play anything else. And I was playing anything else, and I was failing. And then eventually, I, I kept looking at HS Replay, and literally, like, if you went from, like, 10 to Legend, and sorted by win rate, like, the first page of decks was all Murloc Paladin. And then I eventually said, you know what? If I'm going to get to five, which is really my goal, because I wanted to mess around with a bunch of decks, and I wanted to at least be at the rank five floor, and then get myself a good standing for next season, even if I don't go to Legend, I kind of need to play Murloc Paladin and, and <clears throat> suck it up and do it, right? Because as much as I hated it, if it's that good, right, if it's dominating the entire meta to the point where there are no, there's no room to breathe for other decks in that deck list when I'm looking at the data, then I kind of need to put my own personal reservations aside and just do it. And once I did that, and once I kind of accepted that for a couple of days, if I wanted to climb this, I, I had basically had a choice, right? My choice was that I could keep playing weird decks that were not optimized and not good for the meta, and that were going to get blown out by Murloc Paladin and Secret Mage, or I could play Murloc Paladin or Secret Mage. And I just, I made the decision that to make myself, the way I was going to enjoy the game for the rest of the month 
was to spend a couple of days playing a game, playing a deck that ultimately once I played it, I didn't dislike it as much as I thought I was going to. I've played the deck before and it just generally was, as soon as I run into a taunt, I just tilt and I'm done. Um, it actually wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. And I, I mean, I, I did climb with it. Um, I did hit a wall around like rank seven and then I switched to another deck that was much, much better. Uh, again, which I will talk about the rest of the show, but <clears throat> this is kind of the lesson that if you're frustrated and you know, you're saying to yourself, well, I don't want to play that. I want to, I want to play what I want to play that just understand that that's a choice. Right. And sometimes you just need to get some win on wins under your belt to make yourself feel better. And sometimes that means playing a game, you, a deck you might not enjoy as much, but sometimes if you just need to get a few wins and build your confidence back up, that's a kind of a good way to break the slump and get yourself out of a tilt spiral. Okay, so I promised I would talk about the decks that worked for me this week, and I know that a lot of people are frustrated. Uh, this has been a very difficult meta. It's a combination of the nerfs hitting and the meta shifting pretty dramatically, along with a lot of people tryharding to get themselves a good placement going into the first season where we have the ladder changes. So... I had a few things that worked for me. Again, I'm, I'm trying to split my time between Wild and Standard, both because I, I want to get decent placements going into next month, and also I want to get some reps in before that Wildfest Arena thing starts. So I want to talk a little bit about some of the Wild decks. And again, I've been uh, going back and forth with Nate Wolf, uh, who does the Into, Into the Wild podcast, just because I'm not familiar with the meta. And sometimes there are cards that you just forget. Um, but... I tried to find some decks that I was going to enjoy playing. One of them I'm not going to talk about in depth because Green Puff did a really good job talking about it in his episode of Top Deck Kings, and I'll just send you there. But anything Secret Paladin is a lot of fun. Like, Secret Paladin was one of those decks that I wanted to play originally, and I kind of crafted the cards for it really late after, after people had already figured out how to play against it. But it's basically, you have Murlocs, and then you have all of the standard, like, Secret Paladin broken minions... And you have Call to Arms and Divine Favor, and then anything can happen at the top end. And everything you do just cycles your deck until you get to the point where you're slamming a secret, a, a mysterious challenger and drawing all the secrets out and getting the power spike from that. And if your opponent still isn't dead, then you play anything can happen. You hit them in the face with five Murlocs, and that usually does it at least once, if not twice. So I would recommend that just because it's a hell of a lot of fun if you have the cards for it. The, the deck that got me to 10... Uh, I love, I, one of my favorite decks of all time was Flame Hunter Tempo Mage. I, I loved that deck. It tilted me terribly because it was basically Casino Mage. Like, everything, um, everything in there was just random, but it was so much fun. And just being able to set up a turn where you're just blasting them in the face repeatedly was a lot of fun for me, and one of the, the like, the more complicated decks I really learned to play, and I, I played that deck a lot in both the pre-standard and, and in the Year of the Kraken, and so I, when I went back to WoW, I'm like, I want to play Flamewinkers, and I found this list that I kind of tweaked a little bit thanks to some uh, feedback, so basically, again, I'm going to have links to the, to the list in the show notes, but I'll, I'll go down the list, so it's Double Arcane Missiles, Double Ice Lance, Double Mana Worm, Thalnos, Double Flame Cannon, Double Frost Bolt, Double Mad Scientist, Double Glyph, Double Sorcerer's Apprentice, Double Arcane Intellect, Double Explosive Runes, Double, double Flame Waker, Forgotten Torch, 
uh, no, sorry, Double Forgotten Torch, Double Ice Block, fire, Double Fireball, and Alaneth. So you can kind of sense a pattern here. <laughs> uh, the idea, and I, I have, um, I've been trying out also a list that takes out one of the ice blocks for low feb. I'm not sure if I like that as much, but the idea is basically that you're trying to just land a flame waker or two and throw as many spells at your opponent as you can in one turn and just completely burst them down. This deck, if you set it up right, and you do not usually slam flame waker on three, unless like you have a second one and you have coin in hand or something like that. But like, if you can set up a turn, especially post Alanef, where you're throwing down like a flame waker and a sorcerer's apprentice and a bunch of of random spells, you can do ridiculous amounts of damage in one turn. You, it's, it's to the point where you don't even really need spell breakers because you can blow up a void, a void Lord just with the, uh, the pings that are coming off of the flame wakers. It's ridiculous. And it's a lot of fun. So I won like five games in a row from like 12 to 10 with this list. Um, you generally, the way you're going to play the list is you're just going to kind of, you're going to mulligan away your spells and you're just going to hold minions. And you're going to try to just draw a good hand where you can throw down a flame waker or two and multiple, uh, multiple spells in one turn, which means you want to get cheap spells off of glyphs. So that ideally they're free or they will be free with an apprentice. And then you just start burning down your, your opponent. And generally, all of your all of your fireballs and everything are going to be aimed at face, and then you use the the pings to do additional damage or clear off minions. Or sometimes you you point the spells at the minions, and then you let the rest of the pings go face. But if you're looking to try wild and you have the cards, this is a ton of fun. All right. So as far as standard goes, I'm I'm going to give ridiculous hat a huge shout out because he basically was responsible for all of my laddering success this week. Um, cause he found a couple of decks one of them was directed specifically at me. The other one was not that are really, really good. And in particular, the, what finally got me to five was silver names, uh, demon zoo. And if you are looking to climb in a hurry, this is the deck I would absolutely recommend. So real quick, the list is um, Double Flame Imp, Double Hungry Crab, because Murlocs, uh, Double Cobalt Librarian, Double Malchazar's Imp, Double Soulfire, Double Voidwalker, Double Demon Fire, Double Vulgar Homunculus, I think is how you pronounce that, uh, Double Blood Fury Potion, Double Darkshire Councilman, Double Crystal Weaver, Double Spellbreaker, Double Despicable Dreadlord, Double Doomguard, The Lich King, and Blood Reaver, Blood Reaver Goldan. So, it's a very, very tight list. It's a very fast list. And it doesn't have any Keliseth shenanigans. It is just straight fire. So, what tends to happen... First of all, you have the Hungry Crabs to improve your Murloc Paladin matchup. And there are games where I've played Hungry... They played... A Murloc on one, I played Hungry Crab on one, and the, and the Paladin conceded. So that's a thing that happens. Um, against some of the other decks, you can just go so fast that they can't keep up. So, the you know, you get a lot of one-drops, which is more one-drops than most decks run, because, again, you're a zoo, and you can use your hero power to get additional resources where your opponent can't. 
So you can outpace secret, something like Secret Mage or make them use their burn on your minions instead of on your face, which is absolutely what you want Secret Mage to be doing. And then against Control Warlock, like you have the Spellbreakers, but typically what you're doing with the Spellbreakers is you're like silencing a Void Lord for lethal. So the strategy that I found, because I, I, str I struggled against Control Warlock a lot when I first started playing this, this deck, and then I realized that I was not doing a very good job of playing around Defile. And that's one of the keys to, to being able to win with this list against Control Warlock, is you really need to look at what minions you're, you're putting on the board and how that lines up against what they can attack with and how they can Defile. Like, that's going to be your key to winning or losing with this deck. Beyond that, the strategy that I found when I had the hand for it was that if you can stick one demon early and then go all in with the buff card. So if you're not familiar, because neither of these cards has really seen a lot of play outside of like maybe like the first couple weeks of Knight of the Frozen Throne. Uh, demon Fire is a two mana spell that says uh, deal two damage to a minion. If it's a friendly demon, demon give it two, plus two plus two instead. So it buffs your your minions, and you can use it as removal in a pinch, though that's typically not how you want to use it. And then Blood Fury Potion is a three mana spell that says give it a minion plus three attack. If it's a demon, also give it plus three health. So one of the things that I've done to win a couple games, and, and at rank six, all I saw was Control Warlock. It was just a parade of Control Warlocks and cube blocks that I would stick like a a Voidwalker or a Malkazar's Imp on one, I might coin out another one drop with it because you need the other minions to kind of protect the one that is the chosen one. And then you just start buffing it. And, and the thing with Control Warlock is that if you're buffing it with those cards, if you happen to get one drop into Demon Fire, into Blood Fury, like you have a 6-8 on turn three. And that's really, really hard for a Control Warlock to deal with because their removal is going to be, at best, a Spellstone that they've happened to charge up twice with Kobold Librarians by turn four. And then that's assuming that they can even trade into it on top of it or they can get a, a Mortal Coil along with it. So you're basically hitting them in the face. They're, having to, they're still at the point of the game where they're damaging themselves. So you can generally get enough damage through and then silence a Taunt for lethal. This deck is ridiculous and it's really really good and if you're looking to climb quickly I would recommend this right now at least as far as the current meta there may be counters that appear but this is one of the best decks I've played over the last few days so now that's a deck that I would play the deck that I want to play and that I am playing because I'm at the floor and I don't I'm okay with my win rate right now being closer to 50% but I think I can climb with this once I get some more reps in with it is Dragon Control Priest. So this is a deck that came out the last couple days. It, it started with GC Turf, and then it's been refined by a couple of people. Uh, Ridiculous Hat sent me a link to one of the refined lists Sunday night, and I was playing it all day yesterday, and it is, like, this is my dream deck. Like, I spent the end of Ungoro playing, like, Yog Control Priest, and this is as close to that as I can get, and it is, it has answers for everything, and it destroys Warlock. Like, there was one game that I played against a rogue, and just like literally every every turn they played a game, they played a card, and I had an answer for it. To the point where we just went back and forth for like ten turns, and they never actually got to stick a minion. So it's 
what the deck is, and there's been a couple of different versions of it, um, but the, the list that I started with yesterday is uh, double Pine Size Potion, double Doomsayer, double Nether Spite Historian, double Shadow Visions, double Shadow Word Death, double Twi Twilight Acolyte, double Dustbreaker, one Greater Healing Potion, double Shadow Word Horror, double Draconid Operative, double, uh, not double, Harrison Jones, uh, double Bookworm, double Cabal Shadow Priest, double Dragonfire Potion, uh, Medi either Medivh the Guardian or Elise the Trailblazer, depending on what your, your tastes are, Shadow Reaper Anduin, and double Line Control. So, again, answers for days. And, and some of the interactions, like, this is a hard deck to play. And I, the next time I stream, which I am hoping is going to be tonight, but may or may not be, depending on, you know, circumstances, because, you know, things happen. Uh, you need to understand some of the, some of the interactions with this deck, uh, really to get the most out of it. And a lot of it revolves around Pine Size Potion and Twilight Acolyte, because a lot of the real power with this deck is being able to shrink minions and then remove them or take them. Like, you are taking your opponent's toys with this deck most of the time. Um, so one of the things that you can do, Twilight Acolyte swaps attack with an opponent, with an opponent's creature, if you're holding a dragon, and Twilight Acolyte is a two-attack minion. So one of the things you can do on turn seven is you can Twilight Acolyte take make a big minion and then Shadow Word Horror, and it will live through it. Alternatively, on turn nine, you can just take that minion. And sometimes, you know, do you want the two attack minion? Well, if you're playing against Combo Dragon Priest and that minion has nine health, you probably do want that minion. Or if it's a Void Lord, you certainly want that minion. Because, and I, I've had games where I've stolen multiple Void Lords from the Warlock, and just, they, they go down, and it's like the saddest thing. Because, <laughs> because you're you you know you, you get to the point where you're Goldanning, and you're expecting like this giant board to pop up, and there's like one, and then you mind control the one that's left. It's it's glorious, and you know it it just gets to the point where they really they lose their entire uh, their entire win condition, and especially like the control warlocks. Like I had a game last night where it was very clear that Fatigue was going to be their game plan. And I was, or at least Fatigue was going to be my game plan, rather, because they were, like, just tapping nonstop. And I was, like, eight turns ahead of them in Fatigue, something ridiculous like that, maybe ten. And they played, they got, they were actually playing at least the Trailblazer in their deck. And, oh, jeez, sorry about that. Somebody just decided that they didn't feel like stopping for the stop sign. Um, so they had Elise Trail, Elise the Trailblazer in their deck, and they got an Elise out of their Elise, and I still managed to beat them, and the way I beat them was getting them to six points of fatigue damage, Alex Straza-ing them in the face, and then hitting them with the minions so that they, they, uh, fatigued, and this person is tailgating me, and I'm gonna let them go, because I have already been seeing their horrible driving ability. Um, so... You know, so I hit them in because I was at one life. So it was really kind of amazing, like, how powerful the deck was. It is a very difficult deck to play. And I, I think that a lot of what you need to understand with that deck is, like, how the cards interact and how they line up against your opponent. And, like, how greedy you need to be with some of your cards, like, board clears, especially, like, dust breakers. You know, just to get the most value out of it.
So, um, I will say if you're, that list is going to change some over the next week, and I, I'm probably going to end up tinkering with myself. I've seen some other people tinkering with with it already. Um, one thing that I've been trying is that I've seen a couple of other uh, people posting lists is taking out Medivh or Elise for Ysera, and I think that's correct because ultimately, like, there, you don't have that many big spells in the deck. Like, you have a couple of Dragon Fires. You're not running Psychic Screen because you want your your win condition effectively to be uh, exhausting your opponent of resources, and Psychic Scream, Psychic Scream doesn't do that very well. Um, so you're you're not you're running Dragon Fires. You're running uh, Mind Controls, and that's basically it. Like, yes, you can get six and ten drops if you time it right, but Medivh doesn't necessarily do a whole lot, and Ysera at least is a dragon, which also can give you access to additional board clears and additional minions. And when you're getting into a game against something like Control Warlock, that's relevant. Um, one of the other things that I'm going to be trying is swapping out uh, Harrison Jones for a Gluttonous Who's. And there's a couple of reasons for that. One, I've been finding that the deck really, you tend to have a full hand a lot of the time. And so, and when you need to drop the weapon hate card, you don't have the luxury to wait. Like generally what you're killing with Harrison is uh, Skull of the Minari or uh, Alaneth. Alaneth, sometimes you can draw off of it because you're generally having to play a lot more defense. Against a, against a cube block, they're not doing a whole lot that you're gonna react to the first few turns. And so you're often burning cards and, and there aren't that many cards that like, yeah, you can overdraw a card, it's not the end of the world, but there are some cards that are more important than others and you really don't wanna burn cards if you don't have to. Um, and, and ultimately, what I've found a lot of the time is that when I need to get rid of a weapon against a faster deck, like something like a Murloc Paladin or a Kingsbane Rogue or, uh, you know, or something like that, first of all, the health from the, from the Gluttonous Who's is relevant, and it being a cheaper card lets me do more things. Like, one of the things that you want to do against a Kingsbane Rogue is if they have the, the weapon down and they drop South Sea Squid Faces, you want to be able to clear the South Sea Squid Faces the same turn that you blow away the Alanath, so that, not the Alanath, the Kingsbane, so that they don't get the value off of it. And, you know, that's hard to do sometimes with Harrison because he costs five. A Gluttonous Who's that costs three that also heals you a bit maybe a better choice. So that's something I'm experimenting with. And, and the, the mix of spells is pretty set, but there probably is a little bit of room, um, you know, to, to work around that. And, and maybe some of the mix of dragons. I really do like, the original list didn't run Bookworms, it ran Primordial Drake, and I think Ysera is better at the top end, and I think Bookworm is better because it's good to be able to remove small minions. Um, it, one thing, again, one thing that's important with any control deck is knowing what you're playing against so that you know how to line up your answers for it as best as possible and knowing when you should be greedy and when you shouldn't. So, like, against that zoo deck that I was talking about earlier, like, you want to you want to throw your Dustbreaker down immediately because if they buff a big minion, then all of a sudden Dustbreaker doesn't do it anymore. So you want to get your Dustbreaker value when you can. Um, I lost a couple of games because I was too greedy. And, and sometimes you just can't know, right? Like, I was playing against Eggman, who's in the Dad Legend community, on ladder, and he was playing an OTK Paladin, and I was not expecting Spike Rich Steed because I didn't really know the list. And so I was holding on to, um, I think it was a Cabal, I, I think I had an opportunity to like Pine Size Horror or just Shadow Word Horror, and I held on to it because I was getting greedy. And then he blew me out with like a second Spike Rich Steed, and I couldn't recover from that. So 
you do want to know when you should be greedy and when you need to take the value where you're where you're offered it. Um, and knowing knowing the matchups that you're playing against are is really important when you're playing any sort of control deck. So this is a more difficult deck. I I don't I, I don't want to promise when I'm going to be streaming, but I can promise that when I'm streaming, it will almost definitely be this deck because this is like first of all, this is what I love about Hearthstone. I love playing a really intricate control deck. I love a deck that gives me a lot of options and makes every game different because you're dealing with random cards from your opponent's deck. You're dealing with random discovers off of the um, off of the, the Nether Spite Historians. No games are the same. It's not like you go into every game with a, with a set curve. And it really gives me an opportunity to problem solve a lot, which is what I like about the game. Like, Curve Stone is one thing and it's fun to, to win, but I really do like solving puzzles, which this deck provides in spades. Alright, so that's it for this time. Uh, as always, you can find all of the links to everything um, at the at the show's website, which is offcurve.com. You can also follow the show's account at offcurve on Twitter, which is also where you can submit questions to the show, and you can get announcements for when new shows are posted or when there's new new other new content going up on the website. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Wicked Good and see all of the stuff that I'm posting. Sometimes uh, screenshots of me stealing Ford Lords, if that's that, if that's your thing. Um, you can follow me on Twitch. I'm Wicked Good FM there, and should be streaming sometime over the next couple days. We will see. Hopefully tonight, um, which may get to you. This may get to you after that, but you can always catch the vods. Um, and I also have the YouTube channel where I sometimes put uh, interesting games when I have them. Um, and you can make sure to leave a, a review on iTunes. I got a few really great reviews. Um, this week, and I'm really thankful. I got one from Spartacus Fett, um, who says that Steve's a good player himself despite rolling priests a lot of the time, but if you can overlook the priest aspect, you gain a lot to... You, you stand a lot to gain from his wisdom and knowledge of the game meta, which is very kind of you to say. Um, I got a review from Trey, who says that I do a great job... Steve does a great job with this podcast, provides valuable insight into various but relevant aspects of Hearthstone, and if you're looking to more learn more about the game and become a better player. Off Curve is a must-listen podcast. Um, also got also got one from TLW617 um, who says, Wicked good is wickedly good insight, like how this show is not only about cards or strategy, but also gets at the underlying ideas. It's one thing to know that a certain card or deck is good. It's another to understand why and best apply that knowledge. And uh, from Beef Squatch, who, who says, I love to listen who says, I love to listen to podcasts while I commute, but Wicked Good takes the next level by recording podcasts while he commutes. The host's incredible player is also Wicked Good at explaining concepts and sharing his knowledge. He's also an all-around awesome guy who's very active in Hearthstone Discord, so he's more than happy to help lowly scrubs like me. I, I would not call you a scrub, Beef Squatch. I think you're you're a good player, and you don't, you know, don't don't talk yourself down like that. I mean, you're, you're just, even if you're not, you know, at legend yet, that doesn't mean that you're a scrub. <laughs> uh, so anyway, so you can do that. Um, you, if you want to friend me on Battle.net, I'm uh, Wicked Good hashtag one five three five. Please do just let me know either on Twitter or you can message me on Discord if you're there. Um, that what your battle tag is so that I can make sure to approve it because I am starting to run low on spots and I want to make sure that they're actually going to listeners and not just people who are you know recognizing the name or. Um, you know, or, or salty that I'm blowing them out with Dragon Priest. Anyway, so, uh, 
you know, enjoy the meta. It looks like it's fine. Some new decks are finally starting to arrive, so we have some interesting things to play with. Um, and uh, I will catch you next time. Have a good one.